I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging and Digging. Good evening, Mr. Charlie. Uh, I'm pretty good this week. I'm actually pretty good this week. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a, it's been okay. It's been okay. Week, actually, yeah, it's been okay. Getting to the, getting to the end of the month. So, I saw uh, you were spending some time outside with your non-reflective sunglasses. <laughs> okay, so I I have a kind of a mini sunglass collection where it's like it's not many it's only like six but i have i when at the time i was buying them around like a couple of years ago in like a quick succession i bought them in terms of color so i have like red ones i have some gold ones i have some blue ones some green and black ones and a red one and i never wear the gold ones because like ben uh <laughs> rightly observed uh today the the lenses are very, they're not that, they don't block the sun as much as the others, so I can barely wear them if it's sunglass weather, it's not really the, it's not really the sunglasses for it. So, it was cloudy today, and I, and it was hot, it was like 24 degrees here, oh, Chelsea, yeah, and I was just like, super you know hot, what, super gold hot. sunglasses, let's get it, so, I was, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I was walking, I was walking, I was walking the gold sunglasses, they're a bit too big for my head which is another thing I'm kind of self-conscious about. But, you know, it's, it's all good. Go, go, go rock it. Go feel <laughs> It's all about confidence. <laughs> well, have you, have, you, um, have you been listening to oh, any, any music this week? Oh, you're damn right I did, boy. Uh, so, well, I want to talk about... I want to talk about one later in terms of a lighter note. So yes, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll stop on that okay. and I'll, I'll, I'll save it to later. But I listened to E. Jones of the Soul Council. Um, he he dropped his Dead Stock Volume Three. <sighs> what a beat tape, man! What a beat tape. Yeah? Honestly, that's just that's that's one of the best instrumental albums I've heard in a while. It's so clean. It's just so. Oh, I love it so much. It's a. It's about. It's a, it's just. It's over an hour significantly. I think. I think so. It's over. There's a three in it, so it's either thirteen minutes or thirty minutes. I don't know, but it's it's pretty lengthy. But it's it's such a good tape. It's such a good beat, uh, uh, instrumental album. I really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, there's that, and also, well, I know you, I know you listen to it, considering your uh, statistical breakdown of it. But Benny the Butcher's EP, uh, the plugs I met. Wow, <sighs> boy, whoa, I, whoa. I, I was that was that was a that's a that's a clean EP. Jeez, man, that's a clean EP, Jeez. boy. You know what's That's crazy? What you know what's crazy about that is, Thirty Eight Spech had the best verse on the entire project for me. Like Benny the Butcher, Black Thor, Jada Kiss, uh, Pusha T. But then Thirty Eight Spech comes through with these bars, and I was like, there was like one who's like a keep a keep the stick, like I'm playing billboard, uh, uh, billiards or something. Oh man, what a what a freaking project that was. I'm late to Benny the Butcher, but. I have not stopped listening to the beats were good on that too. Like that was just yeah. a fire EP. 
Yeah, that was, that was a clean EP. Definitely in the top ten contention at the end of the year in terms of EPs. That was such, it was such a you know such a good listen. I like the five to fifty. That was the, that was the last track. That was very I enjoyed that. Definitely the other bunch. The flow on the Benny the flow that Benny had on that was flee. That was smooth yeah. as hell. Griselda's, so smooth. I loved Griselda's it. And also from a from a student of hip hop from a student of hip hop perspective, I listened to a uh, big puns capital punishment to, today. Old school. I haven't listened to it fully, and this is like the first time I've listened to it fully, and I'm just, I'm just really wondering, like, instead of the Tupac Biggie comparison, which people love to do for, I don't know what reason, why don't people do Big Pun and uh, Biggie? I have honestly not listened to enough Big uh, Big Pun. I've not. Is he really that good? Yeah, yeah, but still, yeah, but still, like, just, just if if you do listen, if you do want, uh, if you do ever get into, it and this, if anything, just listen to Capital Punishment because that just, it's just bars upon bars upon bars is absurd. Just the amount of that'll be statistical marvel if you want to get into that. But um, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking, I was like, okay, they both died, you know, uh, uh, very early, too early. They got a couple of projects under their belt. You know, and they're and they're very highly rated. So I'm just like, and they're and they're both lyrical. You know, and they're both they're both lyrically dense. So I just I just and and they're and they're two fat guys. You know, so if you want to throw that out as well. So. <laughs> well, I think it's you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great comparison to have, and I think it's a worthy conversation. I think. Well, I, I've never heard that conversation. So I think you're right. Like you know, obviously the Tupac Biggie thing was they had the rivalry and the shootings and you know Death Row versus Bad Boy and all that stuff. But um, I've honestly not heard the big pun, notorious big comparison. So maybe we need to influence and, and get it going. Because yeah, I don't know. I got to listen to Capital yeah, Punishment yeah. myself. Yeah, it's, it's it's just it's the fact that it's the fact it's the fact that it's not an argument. That's what I'm just saying. It's just like you know, it's, it's, I feel like it should be. But 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 anyway, that's just that's just me. Should we get into the show? Well, I just want to talk quickly on the Little Nas X EP because oh yeah. Oh. Totally forgot. <laughs> Did you? You missed out, man. Oh my gosh, you missed it. How could well, you? Miss I, I, watched such a the, I watched the review on it. I, I watched the review on it. Don't <sighs> worry about it. I don't need to listen to it. Trust me. I don't. I don't feel like it. It's actually not that bad. Like it's 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 kind of like, but but it's just it's just um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about it. It's just it's pretty catchy. It's okay. It reminds me a lot of Rebirth by Lil Wayne. Um, which, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh my god, that's terrible, but I thought Rebirth was okay. But again, like, it just makes you realize one song does not make an artist at all, and it probably leads heavily into what we're about to speak about, because it's such a constructed, this 11-week run he's had just feels so constructed now, and yeah, I don't know, I, I wouldn't really recommend you go listen to it, to be honest. Unless you're in the ages of fifteen to seventeen, it's a very small demographic. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's my two cents on it. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but okay. I'm a young guy, you know. So, all right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about we've we've been we've been building up to this episode, and I've been doing a lot of research. Let's let's get into it. Yes, so we are getting into the second part of our two part series. 
major labels versus independent labels, and also independent artists as well. I guess you could throw the whole indie thing, you know, uh, into it if you really want to. It's not just labels, but we're just, you know, focusing on labels. It doesn't have to be like that. But independence versus majors, and just the contrast between the two. Now, obviously, a couple of a couple of episodes ago when we did the major labels episode, it was very how to describe it. It was very. Um, <laughs> negative, I guess, towards uh, major labels, and was, yeah, the reason yeah. why it's, it's quite like critical that is just simply because, yeah, it's, it's, it's simply where we're at, you know, where in terms of how we how we think, and you know, if if you didn't if you thought this podcast was about being unbiased, regardless of you know the the statistics are the objectivity part of the show, but our opinions are the subjective part, so we can give these statistics. And they can be what they be what they are, but we're going to always put our personal spin on it, and you know we're not we're not going to stop doing that now, as it pertains to major labels versus independent labels. We are independent writers. We are you know we we hope we do our yes, own thing, very true. and that's just how yeah it's just how we are. So <laughs> you know it's not something the 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 sight of major labels doesn't really. I guess, uh, you know, send our mouths watering <laughs> the prospect. So, and the more we, the more we learn about these kind of things, it's just like, do we even want it? <laughs> it's this kind of thing. So that's what we're getting into anyway. We're, well, we're going to get into spe- specifically independent labels, how hard it is, how daunting the task it is, but also how rewarding it can be potentially. And, well, obviously, from a money perspective, it probably ain't. But from a soul perspective and the love of the art perspective, it's always the most rewarding being the independent in my eyes. So, but anyway, that's basically where we're at, and that's how we're getting into it: independent labels. Yeah, definitely, how rewarding it can be, and the I guess the juxtaposition between the art and the business and when the two cross over traditionally there's been a lot of friction and i think that there are some unicorns at the top of hip-hop who have managed to navigate both sides and have used their art and they've been such genius artistic creators that they've managed to stay true to their art and true to their themselves and still achieve high levels of commercial success but this is at the very peak Underneath that is the rest of the world and the rest of us. And as Charlie said, he and I are both independent and uh, I certainly would never sign to a major or be picked up by a major unless I had entire creative control. And I've, I've worked with outlets before and not had creative control and felt very, very... It just doesn't feel right. You know, when you mention the soul, mm-hmm. yes, that's what it felt like. It felt like mm-hmm. I wasn't creating my art and... I've listened to quite a few podcast episodes on this and shout out to Rap Radar and Elliot Wilson, man. Oh my gosh, they're good at this. But basically, the artists have all said the same thing. Like, I couldn't create the art I wanted to create, so I went and did it myself. And that's why at the end of this podcast, you know, we are going to, we're going to get into some scary statistics that look very, very scary and they are scary. But we're also going to speak on how it's possible to make money independent. It's possible to have a fan base and 
to have a successful commercial career despite the fact and how how people do it how artists do it despite the fact that they're not backed by a major label and you know we again we do provide some objective statistics but both of us as students of hip-hop and both of us are very passionate about it and study it and this is the conclusion we've come to so yeah it's good it's good to get a subjective opinion on objective facts i think yeah for sure i think that well, again, well, let's let's just get let's just get into it anyway in terms of talking about it. So, I think the question you were given off, uh, as to, in terms of when when we were obviously we we kind of half planned the show actually. This <laughs> is so it's so yeah, we had to. Eh? It's such a uh, we had to. <laughs> it's such a uh, stack stack potential for the show that we that Ben had to throw some. Um, throw some meat on the bones I guess before we even begin so we have to first start with kind of defining independence I guess because obviously me being in a major label or major whatever however you want to slice it is very it's very definitive if you're under a certain la- if you're under this particular label then you're part of a major label that's basically how it is so but when it comes to independence you can play fast and loose with it you can be you know 100% independent where you can do everything yourself proper DIY and that also that doesn't just include making the music that also includes you know the marketing the promotion the distribution the, uh, the the touring as well so there are many factors as we know, as it pertains to being in the music industry, obviously we love to focus on the music side of it, which is, in our minds, what matters. But obviously there are many other things that have to be accounted for. And I guess, for me, what independence is, if I could slice it somewhere in between that spectrum, I would say definitely the music has to be independent. And I kind of stop it there. I feel like if you want to do business with a major label, as uh, I guess if it's from a distribution standpoint, because you can get these kind of things, you can hustle for these kind of things where the music's all yours and you own the masters to it. But you can also try and sell it in a way where you can ask a major label to, or or just a mid-major label to, you know, help you distribute it and. I I kind of I I don't want to say that's that that's or you're not you're not being independent you're not producing you're not promoting it yourself or, or, uh, how dare you you're not independent yeah, yeah. how dare you of course you're independent so it, I don't really yeah. subscribe to that so I feel like if the music is independent then like I said for me anyway that's all that matters. Oh, man, it's it's such a it's such a minefield getting into this because I really like your definition. I really like it. It definitely simplifies the whole thing. Because, whew, have I gone down some rabbit holes? Death Row is an example a of a rabbit hole I went down. <laughs> when I went down that Death Row rabbit hole, you know they uh, Dre and and Suge Knight began it, and then they were trying to partner with Warner, and then. In a scope, and then Warner left. Like it. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, does it get messy? So, statistically, the way that I have defined it is basically, in the present day, there are three major labels. There is Sony, Warner, and Universal. So, for me, any mm-hmm. label that is a subsidiary of those labels or partnered 
with those labels so that those labels do have uh, final say on projects. I've classed them statistically as major labels. Now, uh, or major releases or, you know, releases from a major label. Independence, I, you know, obviously don't have an issue with, um, with major labels distributing independence. I think it's very, very important and we'll get onto that in the future. But basically what Charlie said, man, I agree entirely. If you have creative control over the music and you can control when it is released to the people, because I think there's a difference there. Like a lot of artists, you know, uh, LL Cool J was very upset at Def Jam in the mid 2000s because he said that they weren't pushing his album. Uh, LOX, um, uh, look at Lil Uzi Vert at the moment. You know, he's not able to release his music because the label's not allowing him to do that. So I, that's not independence to me, you know. Um, but yeah, for, for, for a statistical standpoint, uh, there is basically, if it's under one of those three major labels at this point, and there used to be more, there used to be BMG, uh, which was separate from Sony, there used to be EMI, which was separate from Sony, Virgin uh, as well, there were heaps of other major labels back in the day, but they've really consolidated into these three major ones. So anything under those releases in 2019 counts to me as a major label release. Okay, so I actually have a very, uh, what's the word, a very current example actually in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of the difference between being independent, I guess, being under a major label. So you referenced LL Cool J in terms of, you know, battling uh, and not being happy being on a major label. Kanye's actually going through one right now where he's <laughs> where he's actually uh, filing a lawsuit against DMI. Because there's a there's a clause in his contract where he 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 explicitly forbids him from retiring basically. So he signed he yeah, obviously signed that. it around 2003 college dropout college dropout times. So even Kanye is getting shafted. You know what I mean? And from the uh, from the um, uh, the dissertation I, I referenced a couple of episodes ago for the major episodes, I think the first paragraph was about the Beatles and how they got a shafted contract. So it's, 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 again, it's, it's, it's something I find daunting as it pertains to signing such a, such a thing like that. And also at a place where, you know, most, here's the thing, nobody starts off their music career on a major label. Nobody start. Everyone starts independent. Now you can you can you can be like a Lil Nas X who gets a major <laughs> a major record deal like uh, off one song and a remix. You could be you could do that, but you never you never start on you start your career on a major label. So at some point you will be you are independent, and obviously being in that, you make a decision at some point to go up and. Some people obviously see independence as a as a hassle. It can, it, as a hassle that you can't. You, 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 sometimes you feel like you can't grow with that. You, sometimes you feel like you need a a team behind you, I guess. And sometimes major levels can provide that. You know, they don't just provide. They they can provide everything for you if you ask for it, <laughs> but. In that same fashion, if you want that, then they're going to ask for more. And that's just the deal with the devil that you got. So, 
it's it's a it's a compli- it's a complicated thing just being trying to be a person that decides it uh, that decides your own fate i guess and obviously Kanye's in one right now where he's still dealing with us with a decision he made over 16 years ago <laughs> it's just it, that's Kanye yeah, so what do you what do you have it's, <laughs> what, what's your what's your hope for if you sign with a major label you know well, just quickly on LL Cool J, like when uh, his 10th album, 2002, I think it came out, 10, one of my favorite albums at the start, everyone was like, why? Uh, there was a there was an interview and they said, why did you name it 10? And he's like, it's my 10th album with Def Jam and that's that was my contract. I signed for 10 albums. He signed in like 1985 for 10 albums and 17 years later, he released his 10th album. Can you believe that? Like, But I mean, Def Jam wasn't a major label back then, but... They were a major label very quickly after that. They were they were scooped up. But there's some incredible points in what you said. Uh, independence is a hassle. And everyone does start off independent. And I think I'm about to get into, to some, uh, into some statistics. But what I want to preface this with is both Charlie and I are independent. Okay, And I've had this thought so many times. I'm like... My content, and I'm not being arrogant here, I just, I believe in my own content and I think my content content is really good and I want as many people to see it as possible. Now, there have been times when I have signed contracts myself to kind of give my, my content away to someone else and allow them to have it because they have a bigger platform and I'm like, I want people to see this. I want as many people to see this. And so the the choice, the deal with the devil that artists have to make is they believe in their art and they believe in their creation and they want the most people as possible to see it and a major label promises this they promise you the the world and the statistics back them up every time so into the statistics now like from 2010 to 2019 93.3% of the top 10 weeks on the Billboard 200 and Hot 100 charts came from major labels now in 2019 it's even worse you know 96.3 percent now if we get into just individual um albums there's been 291 top 10 albums since 2010 88 percent of them came from major labels if we look at number one albums now this is scary okay this is kind of scary in the 80s there were two and both of them were independent uh, I think it was Beastie Boys and uh, it was Tone Loke. I think Tone Loke had a um, number one album. In the 90s, it was 34 number one albums. Eight of them were independent. So that's 24%. You know, eh, it's all right. Mm. In the 2000s, there were six, 66 number one albums in the 2000s in hip hop. Zero percent were independent zero like none not a single one and then i'll I'll skip forward quickly to singles because this is relevant too um in the 2000s there was just uh, number one singles there was another zero there were no number one singles or albums in the 2000s that weren't on a major label so if we look at singles because i don't have the top tens the the top 10 albums across time. I just have top 10 singles. Uh, Since 
1980, I think 1988 was the first top 10 single, oh, 1986, sorry. There have been 403 hip-hop top 10 singles. Now, those are songs that have charted in the Billboard Hot 100 top 10. 27 have been independent out of 403. 27, that's 6.6%. Like, and it, it, it again, it's what we spoke wow. about on the, ma- on the major label podcast where we, we looked at this interplay between uh, hip-hop achieving mainstream success and major, major labels coming into hip-hop around the late 80s and early 90s. And it's being played out statistically like, 40% of those top 10 singles in the 80s were independent. And then in the 90s, it was just 16.4%. And then in the 2000s, mm. it was 3.6%. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that, I mean, statistically, it's it's really stark. It's really obvious that if you want to achieve this pinnacle of commercial success, you basically have to be with a major label. And those independent songs that uh, became very popular, you know, uh, Macklemore had Thrift Shop and Can't Hold Us. Um, XXXTentacion had Sad. Like, there's a few in the 90s, like Coolio with Gangsta's Paradise. Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony had a number one song on Ruthless with uh, the Easy e label. But again... You need to have a team behind you. Most of these songs did not go number one or go top ten, or these albums go top ten self-released. You know, uh, you need something. You need some sort of some some cut through, and you basically need major label distribution. And so, I guess the point of it is, major labels they can get your art to the biggest uh, audience possible you know that they'll, they'll they'll push you they'll push you into this realm of and, and this is money yep. fans you know it's very intoxicating but as charlie said yep. like it's a deal with the devil and yeah man i again i don't want to get nihilistic but like it's a little bit scary so maybe maybe we need to talk about like why like what major labels can do for artists just to give a better idea of of why this is so intoxicating for artists, and 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 to give like maybe to give background and 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 history of why it is actually really hard to be independent. Well, I'll start with the first one then. So, you know, what a major label? What what can a major label do for you? <laughs> so you know, we can talk about. <laughs> it sounds like a like a sketch from Dave Chappelle um <laughs> get, get robbed uh so we can talk about something like I guess uh you know production budget which which can be sliced into several things you know so what's what, again what's the great thing about being independent and also what's the great thing about being in today's time I guess and is that you can you I can make a beat right now on my laptop if I wanted to. Like I can just hop on Splice or whatever, and we talked about this on the on the producers uh, episode of DITD and just like going, anyone can make a beat. But like we said at the start uh, before before uh, we were talking before the show, the the real the real art artistry that comes through and 
uh, embodies the essence of what hip hop is, is the sampling and also just crate digging. I saw a video recently just of a uh, of a TEDx talk, and I posted on the fifth end before uh, early earlier today. So if you want to hear other socials and take a look at that, you go go take a look if you want. But plug it. It's because it's so easy to be a producer now. It also doesn't cost much. <laughs> it doesn't cost much. So you can get a you can get a Reaper software for like I think it's about two hundred dollars, and and that's just a full package. If you want to get like a smaller one, it starts at like sixty dollars US. So yeah, you know, it doesn't cost much to do to 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 be a producer. It probably doesn't. It but obviously the negatives will it'll, it'll put you in the red for a bit until you can try and i guess uh uh, uh what's the word separate yourself from everybody else that's another that's another thing isn't it the whole competition is getting saturated so if <laughs> you could you could be great as you want but there's so many people with account on beat stars and they're going to get their beats sold so you know if, if it's just how it goes so major labels can obviously do that in terms of upping your budget and you can get yourself an engineer get yourself a i'm not gonna act like i know who's there in the studio so i'm just gonna stop engineer <laughs> but obviously the i think the things that major labels have over independence is everything else i think the artistry can be can be on par in, there's so many independent albums I can I can look up where that that quality sound quality wise content wise whatever is on par with a major record release. So the the record doesn't really matter in this in this case when we're talking about independence versus uh, majors. The difference is after that. The difference is promotion. The difference is distribution. That's where the real money comes through. If you look at yeah, TV yeah. now going round going round in America right now is for your consideration season, which basically means that T V shows in America are doing specialized ads and specialized events as well, where they well, in the events they invite people like you know, people who people who vote for these who vote for these awards and are the judges for these awards and they invite them just to basically kiss their ass. And they do it in terms yeah. of they do it in terms of ads as well, ad space. Just going like, hey, this show's good. Oh man, this is why it's good. Look at look at publications yeah. saying it's good. This show for your consideration. That's basically what they do. And this is what major labels can do. For, this is what major labels can do for you. I'm loving how I'm just making that consistent. Um, so you can <laughs> major labels can do that for you, but and, that, and that's just and that's just how. And I think that's the major difference in terms, uh, major difference between independents and majors. Where if you want it sold, they'll sell it for you. They just have teams on deck, marketing, touring as well. They can hook you up with that right quick. Boom! Here's some. Here's a. Here's a. Here's a twenty. Here's a twenty thousand seat stadium right here. But if you're independent, you have to. You have to. You have to start small. You always have to start small. Oh, and man. and that's an, and that's a, another thing that I'll. I'll I think we'll get uh, actually we'll get into afterwards, but I want to just to get your counterpoint on this after I finish. But just a little point to get to the next bit. You mentioned earlier in the week that fans are different. <laughs> independent label, independent artist fans and major fan, uh, major label fans are dramatically different. And you can get into that later if you want. But if you want to retort on the previous stuff, then go ahead. Oh man, I can't. You just 
it's a mic drop moment because that was so freaking true. Like nowadays, as you say, everything you can do from home and you can make it sound clean yourself. If you want to put the time and effort into it, you can get Fruity Loops, you can get Pro Tools, you can watch some YouTube videos. Yeah, my mic sounds like I'm on Spotify Studios, boy. <laughs> You're killing it, man. And I need to get a mic because my Samsung S9 is not cutting it at the moment. But like that's the thing. You can make it sound crisp as hell. And that so so going back to what we said about you know, on the major label podcast is back in the day, it was really hard to do what we're doing even right now. It you had to pay for studio time. You had to pay for production. You couldn't yep. just go out and buy an MPC yourself or whatever, a sampler, uh, all these production equipment, you know, you had to pay like Just Blaze or Timberland $30,000 for a beat. You know, you had to go out and do that stuff. And so major labels got their claws in to the industry back when it was really hard to create the music uh, at a high level. You know, I'm not saying a high artistic level. I'm saying a high aesthetic level. A lot of people speak about Dr. Dre as being like the pioneer of creating that clean sound. I was listening to Timbaland talk about him, and he said that no one was mixing and creating clean beats like Dr. Dre. He said he changed the game. And that's, yep. that's what I'm saying. Like you can, Anyone can kind of do that now. I'm not saying that they're going to be on that level as Dr. Dre, but they're just going to be a little bit below it. Whereas back then, no one could, mm-hmm. no one could do that. And so major labels were essential back then to pay for your recording budget. But as you said, now um, it's what happens after the music is recorded and finished. The product is finished. One thing I noticed going back over these, uh, especially on Discogs, because I spent it's really hard to find information on labels, to be honest. Um, and I use Discogs a lot because it's a fantastic uh, source, and people who are really passionate and they, you know, scan barcodes and they check liner notes. One thing I noticed was a lot of the independent releases that I was seeing were, if they were global, if they were shipped overseas, always had a major label attached to it. Always. Like, there was no um, empire wasn't distributing uh, overseas uh, physical copies or Fueled by Ramen or uh, there was another one, London Studios or something. Like, to get it overseas was a massive thing and... When I was listening to Joe Biden podcast and Rory was talking about G-Unit, about how big they are in Europe and how they could still go and sell out stadiums in Europe, they could not have done that unless they had a major label shipping their music to Europe and making sure that it was getting on radio in Europe and building up that fan base. Like, we mm-hmm. we understand now, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, the world is so connected now, and I... I came in like I started growing up right at the beginning of this but I remember when it was still quite disconnected and you had to go out and buy physical copies and actually buy singles you know this was before this was pre iTunes I had to go yeah. buy CD singles and so that's why yeah. major labels can as Charlie say they they take you to the next level with the uh, what happens after you record the music and currency actually said this in his rap radar interview where he talked about being on Warner, and he said when he was on Warner, everyone was doing stories on him. You know, there was double XL stories, there were complex stories, there were he was in the source. Like he was actually getting a lot of mainstream media attention, and then as soon as he left uh, that 
major label, it was gone. It was done. But he'd already achieved that fan base, and we will get into the people at, at, a little bit later. But like, that's the thing. It's intoxicating. They they'll lift you. They'll elevate you to the next level. Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting looking at uh, how. It's very interesting looking at how fans can. I mean, this is kind of why I wanted to actually uh, uh, get to at some point where, because we actually formed it, formed <coughs> excuse me for this whole series off the kind of off the back of we were asking ourselves uh, who who can <laughs> who controls like the I guess the. Um, what what is what is hot basically like who controls that is it the audience or is it major labels and this kind of this kind of whole thing came off of that of because uh, because ben thinks that has the opinion that major labels have this you know vice-like grip and will force feed the mainstream anything they want and i feel like while that it has has truth to it i also believe that audience is highly important and it, you know, you can you could fifty fifty it if you really want to, but you know, and you can and you can lean it however you want to, lean tip the scale however you want, and justify it accordingly. But I I can't I can't get over how I can't get over how independence can still survive regardless. I guess because. You can see these. You can you can get statistics everywhere talking about how dominant major labels are. And you've obviously gave you obviously gave them earlier in the show, and I've been mulling them over. But independents are still around. You know, they're, they're still exist. They're still existing. I think you put me onto a pigeons and planes who have currently been doing a kind of an independence week and kind of uh, begin begin the whole independence scene up and that's great yeah yeah so yeah. and i think i saw a statistic somewhere if i can get it up right quick i think i saved it on my ig to be so to be fair uh da, 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 da. boom found it okay so totally diy this is by the rolling stone uh, today di totally diy self-released eyes generated an estimated 643 million dollars worldwide in 2018 up Thirty-five percent on the previous year. That number is estimated yeah. to break the one billion mark in twenty nineteen. So, with that That's said, epic. and I kind of, I kind of want to shift, shift a little bit into just how positive this can all be, because I feel like independence, independence are tastemakers, right? Let's let's be real. Independence are tastemakers, because hip hop itself was originally a very grassroots and very rudimentary genre at the time and, and lifestyle in the late 70s and early 80s that set that whole the whole culture of hip-hop set a trend it set a trend for tv for film for clothing fashion music obviously it set the trend it, it, it was a trendsetter as a as a lifestyle and as a and as a culture and when you also get into, and also talking about that, you can move it towards independent music. If an independent artist blows up, and obviously it's a very, 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 very minute percentage of independent artists actually getting anywhere chart-wise, I guess, and mainstream success-wise. 
because it's so hard for them when one when that one holy great holy grail moment comes through with a nice when an independent artist drops a, a number one album project or or just even a chime project that actually gets some that gets some tv airplay as well as you know the 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 normal stuff that you get like spotify playlisting or or maybe some radio airplay as well when it gets to the big stuff um I don't know where I'm. I've, I've I've kind of lost my train of thought. But anyway, <laughs> independent independence set a trend, and I believe that major labels, while they also take from audiences, if an audience looks at an independent label just once, I believe that just once, if they look at if they look at an independent label, if they look at an independent artist, and if they all look at it, if if enough eyes look at it, and go, ooh, that's nice major labels will fight to the death to either try and get that particular artist or even try and get that particular sound. And we've seen it before. Mm, we've seen it before yeah. when T.I. started 100%. trap music and was the godfather of that. That's where we are now, where enough eyes looked at T.I., looked at people like 2 Chains, pointed at them going, ooh, they're cool. And this happened in the UK. This happened in the UK in the past 10 years, I think. So Grime started coming up in the 2000s. It had pirate radio stations. It had it, it just had a real underground presence, boiler rooms. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was getting so popular that major... Well, not major labels. Labels in the UK started to, started to put Grime artists on record deals. And only, I think the statistic is only like three of them actually, uh, actually fulfilled, uh, fulfilled enough to actually warrant the contract being made. And all the others were left by the wayside and basically just thrown into the, thrown into the river, I guess, uh, just to, just to, just to rot. There was only three that actually made it properly. And I think one of them I can name is probably like Tiny Temper, and he's not even that relevant for music wise anyway anymore so what i was trying to get at in this whole long-winded <laughs> soliloquy no, i get you man keep going yeah is is that major labels while they are vice gripping the industry and have all the money they still rely on the audience mm. and also in and also in my mind independent independent uh, music because obviously that's where people are trying to do something different and they and you know and just how the world goes in human evolution just scientific we have to move we always have to move forward and music is is a very visceral example of it and major labels can't do that on their own they need to have people look out and find the audience that points to the right people i think yeah like and breathe. I've, ri- I've written a few. <laughs> I've written. No, I've written a few things down because I was listening to that very intently. Because, of, as you said, uh, I like to place a. Bl- I like to say that major labels set the trends, but what you just said makes a lot of sense to me. Where major labels are not setting the trends, someone has set the trend, or someone has created something that the people have gravitated towards, and major labels have seen this. And just tried to, I guess, pimp it out is, is you know, I've been listening to Pimper Butterfly a lot. So 
I guess they've seen that and they're like, oh, okay, so people like this. Need so we're respect. just going to like, I think you, uh, what did you say? You said something incredible on a, f- a few podcasts back about like, no, it was what, it was way back. It was one of our early podcasts and you said that major labels just like, just shove food into us until we're like exploding. And basically like, as you say with TI, you know, with trap music, uh, with Kanye, with 808s and then what Drake did and... Um, major labels grab that and then they just force feed us until we can't take any more. And then they're like, okay, this is kind of, yeah. of trending down. So let's have a look for the next thing that's going to blow up. And I wrote down about the difference between the longevity and just a peak. Now, I think with independence, and I'll get into a couple of quotes from Currency because... He put it very, very well. There's a difference between having longevity in an industry and just having a run. Let's call it having a run. So you've got like Nelly and Ja Rule yeah. and 50 Cent. Just they had an epic run, you know. And I Major think streaks. Drake mm-hmm. is on a streak at the moment. I don't know if it's going to last. I think it will because I think Drake uh, creates... I don't know. I don't know how to... I don't want to get into a whole Drake thing, but... There's a difference between that and, and currency said <laughs> currency said some um, that's a, that's a whole podcast. Currency said something very interesting on Rap Radar. He basically said that, and when Rock Marciano said the same thing, it's the people who create your career and the people who give you longevity. And currency said all these SoundCloud rappers are being signed after getting millions and millions of plays of SoundCloud, right? So major labels are seeing, and this ties in directly to what you said, major labels are seeing that these people have already created an audience themselves. And when they go to major labels and start creating the music that major labels want them to create, they're really risking losing all that organic following they've had just for the allure of all those things we previously spoke about, those extra things that major labels can do, the promotion, um, you know, the distribution, the... There's legal stuff in there, data analysis, all of that stuff. And they all come to you with a very, very attractive package. But really what they're doing underneath the whole thing is, and they're not going to tell you this, is they're saying, look, you are on some onto something here artistically and the people are gravitating towards you. We want to grab those people. We think that that's a big enough audience that now we can use your art to... Uh, make a lot of money off a large amount of people. And Currency said when he signed his deal, they were like sending him songs that were fully written and they said all you have to do is put three 16s in between the hooks and it's a song. And he's like, if I do that, if I do that for one album and I go number one, I lose all my fans. Mm -hmm. He said I might gain fans in the moment. I might gain commercial success in the moment. But I've now lost this organic follower base that I've built. And it's exactly what you said. Everyone starts out independent and it's just how long you grind independently depends. Like that's how many of devoted fans you have. And this has been really acute, made acutely aware to me very recently with Benny the Butcher actually because... A lot of people have been messaging me on Twitter and saying, you got to tweet about this guy. you got to do some statistics on him. And, 
And I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I'm an idiot. And I was like, well, I don't know if he's big enough and he hasn't got a project out and I just don't have the time. I'm hopping on trends or I'm looking for trending topics, you know. But the album came out. And look, Benny the Butcher has less followers on Twitter than me. I didn't know that until I after I tweeted. And I'm like, oh, I, I kind of hope he retweets. And I saw that he only had 20,000 followers. And I was like, man, but there's so much buzz around this guy. Like, there's so much hype. Everyone's talking about Griselda. And that tweet that I put out about Benny the Butcher went really, really freaking well. Like, you know, it, it performed better than 95% of my other posts in the last two weeks. Because this is the, this is the reason... And I noticed this with my, my followership as well, which I absolutely adore. I love you guys. Thank you so much. It's the people. If they're engaged and they like your product, they will promote it, man. They will promote it and they will engage with you and they will come to your shows and they will buy your merchandise. They will, you know, Currency said that the fans bought him his first Rolls Royce. He said no major label did it. You know, not uh, I didn't get an advance and then... Um, he said this, he actually said this, uh, I think he said his Ferrari, he made his first million dollars off touring, and he bought a Ferrari, but he's like, a major label didn't give me that money, it was the fans who gave me that money, they came out to watch me, and so, that's why it's like, that's why I'm starting to come around now to, Charlie, your way of thinking with the people, because, you know, I'm very jaded with capitalism in general, and I'm just like, meh, it's just companies, they're just shoving it down our throat, that's all, you know. But I think you're 100% right when it comes to music, you know. Hip-hop sets the tone for pop culture in North America, and major labels aren't doing this. They're not artists, they're not the ones, how could they do that? They're just, they're just I guess, elevating things that are already going to be popular, if that makes sense. They're, all, they're, they're finding things that have an organic following, and then they're saying, look, we're going to give you all this money, and we're going to own your masters, and we're going to own everything, but we're going to give this to all of America. And it's the people. It's In the end, it's the people and the purity of the art. I was nearly going to welcome us back, all back to the Proletariat podcast for a second there. That was close. You make an amazing... You, <laughs> you make an amazing you made amazing points honestly well, well said um i kind of want to because we're, we're heading into nearly an hour territory and i just wanted to get this out basically in terms of why i value independence over all else and i do want to say this actually before i before i go to that but not we're not saying every major label artist is a you know a sheep or you know they're they're just oh, no. being churned out you know they're not cows in a in a, in a warehouse you know what i mean they're not just no, being no, no, not they're not all. all being milked i think some of them are being milked and we've talked about them before but they're but not all of them are being milked so you know if i can name one just shout out to like everyone at jam like just like people like rhapsody i believe her 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 fan base is completely organic and their whole thing is organic, I th- I think, and like, that's why I rate them so highly. But obviously, like you said, they're the and I think we've we're trying to succeed at something that we'll probably never be able to succeed at, which is trying to quantify 
how monolithic <laughs> major labels really are. I think it's just, I mean, to get back to my cloud atmosphere analogy that I did a couple on the major major label website. Oh, that was classic, It really is man. like that. You know, you just see blue. That was so good. And that is it. That is it. You can't quantify how large they are. And, you know, that's something we'll never see that. But we'll never stop plugging. Let's, let's, let's say that as well. But anyway, I wanted to finish off this. Well, in terms of my points anyway, I wanted to finish on this, right? So... As Ben knows, and I referenced one time before, uh, I follow. I have been following a independent artist by the name of XV in the past six, seven years. Ah, I yes. guess. Yes. Now, to not to get into not to get into the whole story about why I rate him so highly and why he means so much to me as a artist and also as a just a person who makes music for me to listen to. Back in the back in the day when I initially was doing, I was about I was about sixteen, seventeen, and I was just like not really into much music as I am into now. You know, it's not it's not as it's complete contrast. <laughs> I was not I was completely passive. I just listened to again whatever whatever people told me to listen to. And I didn't really listen to chart music, but I listened to pretty much everything else everybody gave to me, and I was just like, okay, yeah, sure. This this blast that ES track. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, if you remember ES, just throw back. Um, but then I he, XV was the first. Long story short, XV was the first artist that I discovered myself, and it has never been. I and as a fan of his music, is there's nothing so rewarding than to listen to someone that not everybody else knows. And that could be also an ego thing that like, I have this gold mine of just great music and you have no idea. I, I just, it's, it's very edgy, I know, but to, to, to from, from that standpoint, but it's <laughs> You true. don't have it's an ego, Charlie. Don't, about don't it. say like, you, I think you don't have to, anything to worry about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see you as having, honestly, no, I'm being honest, man. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't feel that. Okay, yeah, appreciate that. But yeah, it can it can come off like that sometimes. But I'm just like, yeah, you don't you yeah. don't know, yeah. you, you just don't get it. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like yeah, the memes. Yeah, like, it's like that meme I showed you the other day, where it's like a uh, blue face trying to understand uh, blue face fans trying to uh, school <laughs> the J Cole fan, J Cole fan. Yeah, that was on his funny. on his elite funny. lyricism and how different he is. <laughs> he's just different. The reason why he's offbeat is because he's rebellious. Come on, you can write a whole <laughs> thing on that. But anyway, Yes, he was the first artist that I had discovered by myself, and he just so happened to be an independent artist. And I didn't, and I didn't know that, you know, at the, at the beginning. I didn't know that he was actually on a rec. He was on a major record deal at the time I discovered him. I think it was Warner, and he was going to drop a major album for the first time. And I was like, and I was like, oh, oh god, the perfect timing. I'm, I'm ready. I was like, listen to his mixtapes. I was hyped, and it never came through. It never came through for whatever reason. I forgot why. And he's been off the map for the past five years. Well, for past four years anyway. He came back. He came back for like a summer and dropped a few projects, and they were great. But he, yeah. But after that, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. And he came back recently with the aforementioned album that I was going to suggest. That I was going to say at the start called. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a long. It's a long name. So I need to actually <laughs> just get it right and actually get on my notes. The dude with the strap back dad hat. Now he the the previous album they had that was going to be made uh, under Warner was the kid with the green backpack and I will pro- we will probably never ever get to listen to it, which is sad. But 
the thing that I value so highly when it when it as it pertains to independent artists, especially, is that and why I find myself so akin to the, uh, these people that you know that do it themselves and that make music for the art of it is because that he can he he did that because he dropped that album because he was allowed to and he allowed himself to do so he made his own label and he dropped it and now he's probably going to come with more and maybe the train won't stop who knows but there is i in my opinion i find there's nothing rewarding than following an independent artist and watching them organically grow it's 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 nothing like it. I, d- I don't think from a from a music fandom standpoint, there's nothing I hold highly personally than you know than than in terms of following an artist, I guess. So um, I lost my train of thought, but <laughs> it's it's something that I always it's something that I always uh, cherish, I guess, in terms of music because. I saw uh, the aforementioned TED talk that I told you about uh, before earlier in the show. The guy finished off with a uh, with a basically a soliloquy on on the ethics of crate digging and also how you know not all music is digitized. Not all music mm. is digitized. I think yeah, I, I forgot the percentage, and I told you this before. I told you this before the podcast died. Um, there's a small percentage of music in the world that's ever been made that has actually been digitized. So there's a there's a whole universe of music that we haven't discovered, and it, well, regardless if they're independent or not, my point is is that the the at the end of the day, this is all supposed to be art, and. Major yes, labels, in my opinion, take things and make it a business and make it a business uh, portfolio. And that's not what this is for. We don't listen to music for business portfolios. We don't listen to it f- because because they dropped a sponsored post on my IG feed. That's not why mm. I listen to it. It may be why I jump on it and just give it a listen, but it's not the reason why I listen to it and maybe give my money in terms of touring or merch or or hard copies i do that we do that because we value the music and we value the art and that's why going back to my first point of what independence is if the music's yours then you're independent and that's kind of just where i where i stand on pretty much all of it it's just so perfect the way you said you said top that (laughs) I can't top that. I'm not going to try and top that. You, you absolutely nailed it. You totally nailed that because you brought it all the way back to the start. Man, that's that's Thank pulpit. You. That's pulpit quality. Oh, hang on, hang on. I think this deserves this. I think we got a clap in there because that was that was so epic. And that's exactly what I wanted out of this episode was for someone to be able to so eloquently put in what it means to them and. You know, you said you said that you love to see the uh, evolution of an independent artist, and I, I just think it's because it's so pure. You know, it is so pure, and and this is why your definition of independence is is one hundred percent correct in my view now, because obviously I run hip hop by the numbers, so I do a lot of statistical stuff and you know charting and all that stuff. I get I get completely lost in it, but then sometimes I'm driving home. Yeah, and I'm listening to 
444 by Jay-Z and Smile comes on and I'm crying. And then, you know, the song 444 comes on and then Family Feud. Like, like this is art. This is, this is art. And the reason why we end up gravitating towards and the reason why major labels end up gravitating towards artists like Kendrick or Jay-Z or, you know, people like that is because they're creating pure, incredible art. Like if you look at TDE, they were an independent label and they still are. But Interscope and Universal uh, are behind yeah. a lot of their releases now. But they started off independent, and, and Kendrick built that following independent. You know, Absol built that following independent. And look at Rockefeller with Jay Z. These are yeah. artists who never compromise their art, and we see them grow. And that's the thing you see humanity, and that's humanity reflected in art. And I guess it's more uh, it's more jarring when you see a huge artist do it because you think, wow, like I didn't think Jay-Z, I thought he was just this major conglomerate of commercial success, but I don't I don't have much else to say, <laughs> man. I think I think mm. you nailed it and I think you've definitely changed my view on independence. I I'm t- my my uh, mathematical and statistical brains like, but how do I quantify? Do I have to go through every interview an artist has ever done to see if they've ever mentioned that their art is being compromised by the label or an artist like <laughs> so I'm just like, how do I know? How do I, I want to know if if they're being true to their art? But you know what I think it is and it again, if we just zoom out and just look at the whole thing, I think it's when an artist makes you feel something and or makes you like you see their growth and you feel it emotionally and you feel a connection to them. I see it with Tyler, for example, when I listen to Igor. I'm like, wow, man, I don't care if you're yeah. on Sony, you know, you made your album. Um, and that's, again, we'll, we juxtapose that with DJ Khaled. You didn't make your album. You got a $5 million budget. <laughs> Right and and then just went out and found a bunch of people and put them together and thought you were going to get a hit, but Tyler beat you because Tyler Ugh. made art and and so we could end that ep- this episode on just saying that that is independent music because that's a human expressing an emotion through their music and we're connecting to it not because it's got Cardi B and Twenty One Savage and Jay Z and Beyonce and like this whatever it's because. That's who we are at our core. We're not a bunch of rap unicorns and we we aren't really that obsessed with these celebrities that we need to see them every day. We just want to feel. And Tyler made us feel. This, this independent music, when artists are creating art from their heart, that's what makes us feel and that's what endures. And that's independence. Well you nailed said. it, man. Hip-hop has an art form and has a, li- and has a lifestyle. Hip-hop is and was and should be and in my mind forever will be made because people wanted to pay homage to to what they loved what their parents loved and make it their own at the same time there's no other genre that can do that maybe electronic music but not as but in my mind not as good as hip-hop can do it not as cleanly i guess they the, the the pioneers managed to find a middle ground and they made it into an art form and they made it into a, an amazing lifestyle and culture and also a wealth of knowledge as well i just don't want it to be 
I just don't want that to be clouded <laughs> by, by what we, by, you know, when we talk about stuff like charting and commercial success, while it's obviously relevant and also and always worth talking about, it is also worth noting that the reason why we listen to music is because of how it makes us feel and, you know, just by the, if we're boiling it down to the bare bones, that's what it is. It's just an essence. It's just, uh, it's just a, something to tingle your senses and to, and, you know, to, and to either, uh, and to do something to your brain, whether you want to make it positive or to make it negative or to energize you or how, why, whatever reason you listen to music. But, you know, as it pertains to hip hop, that's basically what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be some, some people creating some beats, dropping some rhymes, paying homage to the people that paved the way for them and obviously sometimes major labels and the business in in overall obviously always clouds that so you know the reason why i salute independence again is just because they some of them not, not all of them obviously but some some of them they try to keep the same essence and that's something i'll always respect but yeah i'll leave it there should we get into light note if you if you have anything else? Yeah, absolutely. Very, very well said. No, nothing else to add to that. That's that's perfectly said. Cool, cool. So my light note, and it's very quick. Answer me this question, Ben. Um, how can Cardi B win uh, uh, ASCAP uh, Songwriter of the Year when she has said on record that she doesn't write her own raps? Charlie. How can Cardi B win the ASCAP Songwriter of the Year when she has been on record saying that she does not write her all of her own raps? No, that's that's. That, I was asking you. I was asking you the question because <laughs> I, I don't have you the answer. Said for I me to ask you. Like... I thought you asked. I thought you asked me to ask you. Okay, that's my bad. Um, look, I mean, look. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea why she has won this award. Billboard, you know, Billboard has a new chart, and they call it the top ten songwriters of the week or something. And like Lil Nas Ugh. X was on it, Cardi B was on it, and I'm just like, what? Like, come on, man. Like, at least Frank Dukes and Louis Bell were on it, but ah, uh, yeah, well, uh, I don't know. You know what awards are like, man. No one cares about awards. They're just. They're just ridiculous. Like, they don't mean anything. You know, so I got, I actually had an experience with this because mm. I, I tweeted out that Drake had outcharted the entire genre of rock this decade. And a few people were in my mention saying that Royals by Lord is rock because it was, it, it won like a um, MTV Video Music Award Best Rock Video. And I'm like, that's <laughs> not a rock song. It's a pop song or electronic. There's not even a guitar. I don't think there's a guitar in it. And they're like, yeah, but MTV thinks it's rock. I'm like, who the hell cares what MTV thinks? Like, when have they been an authority on musical purity? Like, they're idiots, you know? Who the frick cares? So I, these awards, man, aren't. It's just ridiculous. This reminds me when The Martian, the film, won, uh, I think it was like a Golden Globe for like best comedy, when it, there's there's like, I don't know, maybe one laughable moment in it. <laughs> oh boy, what, it so won great. best for comedy? Is there anything funny in that movie? 
I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's like one bit that makes you chuckle, but like literally, it's just not. It's not. It's not in essence a comedy. It's not like the other guy is just a throw comedy right there. It's, it's not. It's not supposed to make you laugh. It's The Martian. <laughs> we won Golden Globe for best comedy, and comedy people went ape shit, and it was so great. And I'm just, and it's the same with songwriting. I'm just like, if you're, if you're, why are you doing this? She just said she said it on wax. It's not even like if it's Drake, where it's you know we don't actually know, but we kind of know. Cardi B literally has said, I don't, and she doesn't care, so, and but she still gets a water in, I'm just like, <sighs> well, it's just undeserved stuff, random man. shit it's of the industry week. Stuff. Yeah, it's just industry stuff. I have like a tiny lighter note because I want to big up Azealia Banks very quickly. I just thought of this. I was rummaging what? around in my what? head what? for what? something what? that was kind of light. Look, okay, 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 here we go, here we go. All right, so... So I was telling my girlfriend about Azalea Banks getting Cardi B to basically delete her Instagram at one point. And so Winnie went back over and she looked at this video of Azalea Banks just lighting people up like a, a super cut. And I thought about it and I'm like, Azalea Banks has taken everyone to school over the years. She's very intelligent. She's very witty. She's just... She just goes off way too much. Like, you know, she's... I just... I want to... I, I don't agree with most of what Azalea Banks says, but sometimes she just absolutely hits the nail on the head. And I want to big up Azalea Banks for doing those things. Thank you so much for... You know, 90% of what you say, I'm not really going to engage in. And, like, you know, sacrificing chickens in your cupboard. For, I don't know why you did that. And I don't agree with that. But that 10%... Will you just nail something? Oh, God. Thank you for doing that, Azalea Bank. No one else is going to say this because I said once that 6ix9ine is a very intelligent person. I'm now saying, I'm now thanking Azalea Banks for those times when she was right because no one else is doing it, okay? I have to do this. I have to take the hit. Thank you, Azalea Banks. And on that utterly... Surprising note. I did not even. I I was totally. Oh, you caught me so off guard. I don't know what to do right now. What is my name? What is this show called it's just again? The truth, man. Um, I'm trying it's to end this. But I just can't. It's an independent episode. Zilly Banks. Zilly Banks is. Zilly Banks is independent. It's an independent episode. Stop! 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 Don't! 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 Don't slice it! Don't slice it! Don't! <laughs> don't make it palatable! Stop! 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 <laughs> on that, all right, we can end on that. As fuck, no. This has been digging in the digits. I have been <laughs> Charlie Taylor. What's your Taylor. name? <laughs> I've I've been Ben Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this two part series on Major versus Independence. We shall see you next week. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, piece and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and your records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. I'm digging in the digits. <laughs>